Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Ying from Mix in the Dark. This week we are recording stories from Chicago, Illinois. So shout out to you all from Chicago, Illinois. I am here to visit family and also enjoy the last little bit of my summer vacation before I start up work again. Speaking of, kids are going back to school soon. So if you're trying to help your teachers this year, the one thing that teachers need the most are, believe it or not, pencils. I heard there's a pencil demon out there stealing pencils from students because it's like they just vanish in thin air and you never see them again. So send your students to school with some pencils. If you're older, like middle school, high school, college, please take care of your pencils. Your teachers will appreciate you so much. Other essential things to make a teacher's life easier this year would be alcohol wipes, hand sanitizers, hand soap if your teacher has a classroom sink, Ziploc bags, and some black Sharpies. If you want your children to get good grades this year, though, Take some notes, mom and dad, add some snacks and a Starbucks gift card to that package and you'll see A's flying your way. Anyways, I'm totally kidding. This set of stories is very interesting. I was editing them one late night at home and I was trying to get it done before the weekend before going to Chicago, but I stopped because I suddenly felt some eyes behind me like someone was watching me edit. And this is the reason why I stopped recording and I brought my laptop to Illinois where I could be surrounded by family while I was recording. So if the ghosts happen to follow me here, I am planning to leave them behind. Good luck, Illinois. Please enjoy. Story 1 I am from Sacramento, California. This situation occurred last fall in October of 2020. During this month, my parents are always busy traveling back and forth to the garden. I was home alone a lot. On one particular occasion, I was out at a friend's barbecue gathering since we have not seen each other for a while due to the pandemic. I left the house at noon with one of my friends to go to the barbecue. I had to drive my older sister's car because my personal car was not working. When we got to the barbecue, all of the friends were already there. We were enjoying our time together that night. We laughed, told stories, and had drinks. It seemed like time flew by because by the time I knew it, I was already buzzed from the alcohol. I ended up falling asleep at my friend's house. I soon woke up to people leaving the house, so I too decided that it was time to leave. The friend that I came with and I headed for my sister's car. I tried to click the car fob to unlock it, but then remembered my sister telling me that the fob was low on battery. I was still pretty buzzed from the alcohol. I decided that we should just open the car manually, forgetting that this would cause the alarm to go off. As I unlocked the car, the alarm came up beeping. I tried to turn it off, but the alarm wouldn't shut off. After many failed attempts, my friend's neighbor came out complaining. We decided that he and his wife will just drop us off home. It was around 11 p.m. when they dropped us off. As I got inside the house, I went straight to my bedroom to go to sleep. As I was sleeping, I remember hearing the doorknob jiggling roughly. All of a sudden, the front door opened. I remember wondering what was going on because I was still half asleep. I don't know if my sixth sense kicked in or not, but all of a sudden, I could feel the presence of a tall man. I sensed it walking into the house. From my room, I could hear it walking into the living room in search of someone or something. 
In my head, I thought of it as being an intruder. I thought to myself, why? Why tonight out of all the nights? How am I going to be able to get rid of this intruder if I am drunk? As I was thinking like that to myself, the thing walked into the hallway and into the guest room grunting and murmuring something I could not understand. As it walked back into the hallway, it said, Mr. Yang, I know you're in here. The hairs on my neck stood up. I tried to move, but I was paralyzed. The thing got to my parents' room. It opened their door, and once again it said, Mr. Yang, I know you're in here. Even though I could not see his face, I could tell he was smiling. After going inside my parents' room, it headed toward my room. My room was just across from my parents' room. It walked right up to my door and chuckled. There you are. I heard loud pounding on my door. I made every attempt to move. I looked into my side and saw that my rifle was next to me. I tried my hardest to move my arm, reaching for it, but couldn't. As I was looking at my rifle, my door popped open a little. From the small amount of light that my LED light strip gave, I could see a tall, dark figure staring at me through the door. I was finally able to roll over to grab my rifle. As soon as I grabbed it, I woke up in the same position as I was laying in during the sleep paralysis. I was flat on my back and my head was facing toward the door. I got up and couldn't sleep anymore as I was frightened by the event. Until this day, that night still haunts me. The voice and the chuckles are still lingering in my mind. Story 2 About a year ago, my friends and I decided to have a bonfire at one of their houses. As the night grew darker, the more fun it became by the bonfire. Finally, my sister told her friends to come to the bonfire to hang out. And before you knew it, we were already telling ghost stories. One of my sister's friends brought up this place called Lilydale. I was curious because it seemed that everyone knew where it was except for me. My sister ended up telling me that the place was haunted. It was a ghost town. My sister and her friends then asked, Who wants to go to Lilydale with me? Barely knowing anything and having nothing to lose, I tagged along. I also did not want to seem like a wuss. Before we left, we made sure to leave an even number. There's an old superstition that if you travel in an odd number, a ghost would follow one of you home to make an even number. That night, we happened to have seven people at the bonfire. One of my friends decided to stay. He wanted nothing to do with Lilydale after my sister's friends explained that it was haunted. We dropped him off at his house and then we were on our way to Lilydale. We drove down to a spot by the Mississippi River. There was a trail that was blocked off. This is where we were trying to get through. I remember thinking about how weird that was, but it didn't really bother me for the most part. We then saw the trail through the forest, and of course our stupid selves hopped out of the car and decided to walk down the trail to get to the river. Everything was fine at first, until we all heard a woman crying. All of a sudden, we also heard a baby crying. 
We took that as a sign for us to leave. We all ran as fast as we could back to the car. We all got to the car and we were all scared out of our minds. My sister's friend drove off. As if that wasn't enough, we decided to keep driving. We got to this one place. It was odd looking. It didn't look like modern places. It almost looked like an old-fashioned town from a long time ago. We stopped there in the parking lot to think about what just happened. My sister and her friends were talking about what had happened while I was minding my own business taking photos of the old buildings. I was trying to see if I could get a photo of a ghost. I snapped away. Finally, my sister and her friends questioned what I was doing and told me that taking pictures was a stupid thing to do. I ignored. I stopped to look through the photos that I took of the building across from us. At first, I didn't really see anything until one photo caught my eye. It showed a girl at the window of the building. I thought I was just tripping until I rubbed my eyes and it didn't go away. I was a little shocked. I screamed and showed everyone. That was when my sister's friend took off and we never looked back. That picture is posted in the Mix in the Dark Facebook page. Story 3 The story starts out with my coworker and friend, Chad. We lived in central Wisconsin, which is about 10 minutes away from the town where he lives. Chad is from a town named Nakusa, Wisconsin. One drunk night, Chad and his friends decided to go to an abandoned church. Their objective for that night was to climb up and take the church bell. This church is out in the middle of nowhere on a county road about two miles out of town. Eventually, the friends got to the abandoned church and Chad did his thing, reaching the bell at about 30 feet from the ground. He made it to the church bell, unhooked it, and made his way back down. On his way back down, Chad slipped five feet from the floor and fell. He happened to fall onto a weak floor, which fell apart and dropped him an extra five feet to the actual ground. He was covered in moldy water. It was really bad. They left for home after that. A couple of days later, Chad asked me some really strange questions at work. He wanted me to interpret the things that were happening at his house since I was Hmong and had experience in that area. He explained that for two nights in a row now, his family would hear footsteps outside of his house after 11 p.m. Not only that, after everyone sleeps, he would hear footsteps inside the house. Each time, he made sure to check the house in case there was an intruder, but he never found anything. The day after this conversation, he asked my brother and I for advice. He said that whatever it is, is now running in the house and breaking little things. We asked if anyone has done anything lately that could have pissed something off. He explained that he and his friends had recently taken the bell to the abandoned church out in Akusa. Anyone could have guessed what I told him next. I basically told him to bring it back and say his apologies. Maybe even give a gift as an apology because what he did could be offensive to spirits living around or in that church. The next day at work, he said it was just him and his mom and his sister at home. After everyone went to sleep, the usual things happened. Steps around the house, 
hearing someone or something running around, things moving around, but this time, there was one big thing that was different. That night, they all heard something trying to pry his sister's door open. All they heard was his sister's voice screaming. Chad and his mom ran to her room, which was already open with her screaming inside. They turned on the lights and heard running down the stairs to the front door. They heard the front door open and heard the screen door actually get blasted loose from the patio. Once again, we told him to bring back the bell as soon as possible and to give a gift as a peace offering. He eventually returned the bell. It took about two days for everything to quiet back down. Moral of the story, don't take what's not yours. You don't know who its previous owner was. Story 4 I have many creepy stories, but this one I will always remember. We lived in a four-story home in Anoka, Minnesota a long time ago. I was 14 or 15, and the only people home were myself, my sister, and my parents. One night, I decided to stay up late to finish some art pieces. It was maybe around 11.30 when all of a sudden, I felt a jolt of chill run through my spine. My senses were telling me I was not the only one awake. To the wall right in front of me, there was a framed picture of what exactly I cannot remember. When I looked up at this picture on the wall, a small black spider crawled out from behind it. I hate spiders and didn't think anything of it. I swiftly got up from my bed and rushed over. With one swipe and a Kleenex in my hand, I made sure the spider would not come back. Feeling a bit better now, I turned around and proceeded to get onto my bed. Once again, as soon as I looked up at the wall, another black spider appeared from behind the picture. At this point, I am thinking, this is extremely weird. I moved from my bed over to the picture and killed it with a Kleenex. Sounds crazy, right? I even started to wonder if I really killed the spider, or if my mind was just playing tricks on me. This time I walked toward the trash can, but decided to look at the picture. Again, another black spider crawled from behind the picture. I was freaked out at this point and decided that it was time to go to sleep. I didn't even bother to kill this one this time. I put all the art supplies away and tucked myself in bed. The chilling feeling of not being alone had me leaving the lights on all night. I turned on the radio next to me and changed it to a music station to help calm my nerves. Slowly, I drifted to sleep. I was awoken by what sounded like a truck dumping a load of small rock pebbles down the playground slide. The sound came from outside of the window. It got louder and louder as I became more awake. Inching closer to the window, I pulled the curtains wide open. It was pitched black. Not a soul in sight. The noise stopped. My mind is confused. I am even more scared now. Eventually, I told myself that it was nothing. I covered myself with a thick blanket and closed my eyes, slowly drifting to sleep again. This time, I heard a sound coming from my door. 
The doorknob shook violently as if someone was desperately trying to get in. And then came the scratches, like a cat clawing angrily from outside. I was so scared I hid under my blankets until the noise stopped. It lasted for what seemed like a lifetime. I then heard my parents wake up. I ran out of my bedroom into theirs and asked if they heard anything. They told me they didn't hear anything and had just woken up. I finally remembered that they were going to wake up early so I flipped open my phone and checked the time. 5am. I hadn't even checked the time before because I was too afraid it would read 3am, you know, the time of the witching hour. I am still confused why no one else heard the scratching and door shaking. It was so loud it could wake up a village. All of this happened in a six hour time frame, but it felt like it was only minutes apart. It is such a weird phenomenon that occurred. I wondered if I was in a spiritual time lapse. Why did it seem like it was only minutes for me, but six hours had already passed? I guess I would never know. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab. 